Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Becky and Boyo. I'm Becky. And I'm Boyo. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of creative outlets. Now, can you kind of tell me when, like what kind of creative outlets you have and your kind of thoughts on the importance of creative outlets? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting concept because I, without really even knowing what a creative outlet was, I'm thinking about when I was young, 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 there was always the need to do something with my hands. So, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, just how there is something underlying, almost innate in, for me, in needing to do something with my hands. Yes. So I would say um, for you all specifically, our years at Waldorf had a lot to do with that because Mm -hmm. in understanding child development better, I understood that this picture thinking that is at the heart of Waldorf education really is this very foundational creative force that that it comes into play for children. So this past week, Dad and I spent some time looking at some video footage that I had had. I sent all of our videotapes, our cassette tapes and things off and had them digitized. And so we spent some time this weekend looking at those. And you specifically, when you were from the time you were 18 months old, you know, three years old, four years old, the whole storytelling aspects of things, you were telling stories with your toys and making things out of inanimate objects. Some of my favorite is um, the the banjo that you created oh my gosh. out of a piece of cardboard. And anyway, there that idea, the, the innate desire to make things has always been part of who I think both of us, who we are. Mm-hmm. So as I get older, however, I could recognize times in my life when I didn't have outlets necessarily. And, and I really feel the effects of that. If all the work that I'm doing is up in my head, all thinking work, as opposed to bringing that out into my hands, that's, I find that that's really taxing for me. And is there like a specific way you feel when you don't have a creative outlet like that? Cause I know personally I get super, it's, Hard to describe. It's kind of shut off and almost jittery. Yes. It's like a withdrawal, actually. Mm -hmm. It kind of is like a withdrawal. And it just, I feel awful because if I'm, you know, if I'm all in my head all the time and there's nothing to focus on, I just, it feels like I'm missing something and it makes me super jittery and super, not unstable, but... Yeah, I I, I can relate to, to that. Yeah. Yes, I can relate to that. And I think that is, you know, as we talk so much in our life, especially as you are moving into young adulthood, this concept of balance and creating balance in your life, it's it doesn't mean just timing or I mean it truly means what are you doing with your with your body? You know, right. how are you using the physical space around you? Uh, to create a sense of intellectual balance, you know, emotional balance, physical balance. So I think a, a creative outlet comes into play 
in assisting with that also. You've got something specifically going on right yes. now. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yes. I've been in the process for the past, I don't know, I guess it's been the past couple months, all things considered. It's been, I've been putting together. Well, this is I've, a concept you've had for years. Oh, that's true. Yes. Fair enough. For but years. I was thinking just like in the actual construction portion of it, you're right. I really have been planning this for years. I have been in the process of creating a blacksmith's forge in the for backyard yeah and i'm finally just getting to the point it was just a couple months ago where i actually started acquiring materials and creating plans and kind of formulating my idea of how it all fit together now how did this all start for you start at the beginning it started with honestly i feel like it started with waldorf and you know access to beeswax specifically and the I don't know, the feeling of molding something unique out of, you know, something just you could find on... Raw know, materials. Raw yeah. materials, yeah. Natural materials. Things you would Raw find. materials and making something unique out of it. And it started with the beeswax, you know. In, in Waldorf, beeswax is huge, if you didn't know. It's it's a basically the main medium for sculpting because it's just, it's great. I love it. But... I feel like that is really what got me into it. And then it, you know, progressed into the woodworking at Waldorf as well. The, again, taking a raw material and making it into something unique or functional, practical, even just, you know, something just aesthetically pleasing, right? Yes, yes. And then a couple of years back now, I attended a, it wasn't a masterclass, it's more like a workshop with a local blacksmith. And it just clicked. I loved everything about it. It was amazing. I think that was a Christmas present for I you. I believe one it was. Year. Yes, I think it was an early Christmas yes, present. Yes, and you, you did several workshops yes. with Craig. This was Craig Caviar. Yeah, there was the just beginner workshop where we did just various things from like the very basics of forging up to doing things like making uh, the classical method for making things like nails. We did coat hangers. Then the final project of the workshop was a fireplace poker yes. that basically took all of the previous processes of forging and forced us to use them, you know, in conjunction to make a final product, yes. which is genius way to structure the class, <laughs> by the way. It was perfect. And then the second one I did was a, I don't remember specifically what it was, but one of the things we did you was did knife. knife making. Mm -hmm, yes. Mm -hmm. Where we took... Uh, old railroad stakes, nails, whatever you call them. I forget exactly that what they're called. That go in the but, ties, yes, right? Yes. And we use that steel to forge knives. I've got it around here somewhere. It's probably in my big bin of stuff I used to have in my desk <laughs> that I haven't sorted yet. I probably will never sort and I'll just end up in the basement in 20, you know, for 20 years or so. You digress. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, I really hadn't gotten many opportunities to, you know, continue it. For a while until I started experimenting with some jewelry smithing, yes. which I again have some examples around here somewhere again to be found in 20 years. But it's, you know, it's a, it's an outlet that I found that I really, really enjoyed. It's a medium that I really like to, because it takes everything I loved about the, you know, infinite possibilities of things like beeswax and clay but it also gives it a more permanence, like mm. something like woodworking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. 
it's not so limited as to, you know, carving, but also it can, once you're done with it, it can be, uh, it's preserved pretty, indefinitely. Pretty permanent. Yes, mm -hmm. it is pretty permanent. There's a, f the fire element of it too. I oh, think animal pyromaniac. Right. There's that too. I like fire. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that has a little to do with it too. It yeah, there's something about that. Absolutely. That fire element. So as you're doing that, talk a little bit about how that can change the way you feel or I'm thinking about how does it affect your overall sense of well-being, I guess is what I was getting at. Well, it allows me to tap into my ADHD hyperfixation. Ah. So I, it's, that's really nice. That's true. When you go in, you yes, go in. I go, I go yeah. full send. Yeah. I lose track of everything that's around me. I've literally spent, you know, hours at a time working on some of the jewelry without even looking up. And it's, almost it's complicated because the I've probably, I may have talked about this before, but having ADHD, I have this hyperfixation component of my ADHD that a lot of people also have. And the less I use the hyperfixation, the more it kind of builds charge to the point where eventually I end up hyperfixating on whatever happens to be in front of me. And that's not necessarily a good thing. But if I can take that and use it for something specific, I can prevent it from causing other problems and focus all of that excess energy into something, if not productive, then, you know, not harmful. So again, we're back to that balance concept that if you do it every day or every other day or consistently weekly... Right. It has this balancing effect on your overall sense of self. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree. Yes. There's something about the physical aspect of blacksmithing too that I think is really interesting for you. So talk yes. about that. Uh, kind of makes me think of EMDR, honestly, because the, you know, I've, I'm just thinking about this now, but you know how EMDR works by, which is in, in case you all don't know, EMDR is a specific uh, type of therapy, which what does it stand for again? Eye movement. Eye movement deregulation. I, I can't remember something. what it exactly stands for, but essentially what it allows for is connecting multiple parts of the brain that don't normally talk to each other as much in order to better work out things like traumas and past events. And it kind of gives me, the forging kind of makes me think of the EMDR a little bit because of the physical aspect of it? The physical aspect oh, of it and the forcing your brain to connect different parts you're creating. You're obviously doing something. So you're connecting your motor cortex to your, you know, various parts of the brain that create, you know, creative thought and hmm. interesting, uh, you know, your ability to imagine or envision what you're making. So it's connecting all these parts of the brain and then you're drawing things like if you've created, if you have like a design for it, you're drawing from memory as well. Or if you're replicating something, again, drawing from memory. So you're connecting all these different parts of the brain oh, that's interesting. simultaneously. And it's it's a great feeling. It's really nice. Interesting. And so in moving forward with that, you're you're in the stage right now of, actually creating the forge the forge itself yes and then which is which has its own creative component yeah i just the other just yesterday 
Uh, me and my dad went out to pick up some parts for it, and we were in the process of fitting the gas line to the burner. But we had to design a way to do that because the regulator I have for the gas line is weird and it doesn't have a gauge, you know, a pressure gauge of its own. So we had to create a system to be able to incorporate a pressure gauge to be able to regulate the flow of gas, right? Because if I can't see how much gas is flowing through the forge, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. So, and we want you to know exactly yes, what you're doing. I don't. I do when not comes, like burning my eyebrows off. I've that, done it before. Yeah, we don't, did not enjoy it. It was do, zero out of ten. Yes, would no, not recommend. Not interested mm -hmm. in burning your eyebrows off. No, but it's yeah. But like you were saying, the creative aspect in that alone, the designing of the system in order to actually get to the point where it's a functional unit, and I've finally gotten to that point where. I am basically done with it. All I have to do is throw in some insulation and it is finished. So then you will work to acquire materials. What will right. be next? Next, I need to get the rest of my tools. I need things like a belt sander. Oh, yes. I need, uh, what else? I need stands for the forge and a separate stand fill for my anvil. I haven't done that yet. I need to get that. And then... Really, all I need after that is the material itself. Yeah. So I'd be looking for just some high carbon steels, maybe some spring steel. I could go to a junkyard and pull the leaf spring off of a car suspension and use that. That stuff is amazing for small. Let me ask you this: We talk, um, we're talking about creative outlets specifically, but is there something to in this very cerebral world that we live in, we spend a lot of time in our head. Sometimes it's really just about um, what we used to say in the Waldorf world, will work. Yes. You know, just stepping outside of thinking, thinking, thinking and and moving to just doing something, um, something productive, as I like to say. Yes. I know that makes you cringe uh, when I say that. I know, but it's true. It makes me think of doing homework. And it makes me want to scream. So <laughs> So I'm thinking that this, the whole will work and creative outlet, is that the same thing? I'd say or it's very it, similar. Yes. It feels that way for me. A creative outlet. I feel like it very much can be the same thing. However, the will work you're talking about really does re require some kind of physical. Okay. Fair enough. Physical movement. So right? a creative outlet. A creative can... outlet can be anything yes. creative. It can yes. be the blacksmithing that I'm doing, which also has that, you know, will work component. Right. But it could be art. It could be programming. It could be video game design. It could be script writing. It could be storytelling. It could be anything. Just something to create something unique and bring a vision into fruition. Got it. So... Both are important. They're not exclusively, they're not the same. But they're not mutually exclusive. But they're not mutually exclusive. Yes. Yes. So finding those things in our life that... Let us be creative. Let us be creative and also free us sometimes from our thinking uh, and let us just sort of bring things to our hands. Yes. And to move in that way in a productive way in a productive way <laughs> i know sorry i know you yeah. that. <laughs> gross productiveness ew but that is important it's very important so i think we're just about out of time for today's episode 
and remind you all to make sure you do something creative, do something fun, and free your mind. Free your mind. <laughs> uh, well, that's Becky and Boyo signing off. I'm Becky. And I'm Boyo. Toodles. Thank you for listening.